You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. That's where he davens. Again, Shavuos is only one day in Eretz Yisrael. Everybody comes together by Ne'ila Sachag, and they sing. There's an idea of singing. We did it in Yeshiva. Those of you that had a similar experience, I'm sure you remember. I remember in Eretz Yisrael, we would come specially, Shavuos, of course, was two days in the Chutz Lourdes, but there's a special idea of having uh, uh, singing and dancing, actually. That's what happened on Shavuos uh, before Yontif was over. And this was all, not only in Yeshiva, but even in the shul where of Chaim Davins, they come to sing, to, to sort of like sing Yontif, accompany Yontif out by singing. That was the Midig by the Chazanish as well. And I think it has to do with what with the sense in the Litvish Yeshivas of what Limeratayra meant, the beauty of what Shruis was. And that's why they it's like this is such a great day, we have to sing as it's ending. Rabbeinu Shrita Gamkain Magia, the Rav Chaim would come and he would get there, Umaktim Bishvilze, would come early in order to be there for the singing. It wasn't just, oh, the Bokham is singing. Rav Chaim held, Rav Chaim he goes to sing as well with everyone else. They say, He wasn't feeling well. He didn't hardly left his house, but he pushed himself on Shavuos right before Mariv to come to sing. This is a special Indian to sing L'Chovet Yontif. I thought, again, it's a very nice minagan. We should sort of by most of us who is Peter's out. It's like if you stay up, you're tired, you're a zombie. Oh no, Shruis as Shruis is ending, that's when you, you you generate that strength of emotional strength to be singing. Uh in terms of post Shruot, the Chaim's Minag is to say Tachnun in the six days after Shruos, just like the Shulchanorach and the Ramo. Vechain uh, Haminig in the whole in the show of the Leatherman Beisaknesas. So we know that there are many people who after Shavuos, and the reason is, of course, because you have six days to bring the korban as Ashloma. Not everybody was able to bring their Oilas Ria and their Chagig on the first day. So we learn out with a Hekish from Shavuos to the other Yomim Tevim that the days after Shavuos are also, you're allowed to bring the carbon that you missed on Shavuos to bring because there were just too many people. And for that day, the individual bringing the carbon would be a simcha. Now, obviously, the day right after Shavuos, there was a wealth of korbanos being brought because all Klal Yisrael was Eilat Regal. Not everybody could get their individual carbon brought, their individual Eilat their individual Chagiga. So that's why it was called Isru Chag. It was called Isru Chag because the day after Shavuos, it was a it was it was a huge amount of korbanos that people had tied up, being maaser, tying up the korban chagiga, 
And therefore, all, when you looked around, you had all these Korbanos Chagiga that were tied up. It was no longer technically Yomtev, but it was Yomtev for so many of Klau Yisro who were going to bring a Korban. And that's why we're knowing the real Isru Chag is Shvuas. Normally, the other Yomim Tevim, there would be enough time because you had in Sukkot and Pesach, you had many days to bring the Korbanos. And if you couldn't bring it the first day, you brought it there in Chalamayid, even... It, it, even with the question is even on Shemini Atzeres, you can bring the carbon that you missed for Sukkot. So normally you don't need the days afterward. It's on Shavuos that you need the day afterwards, very special day, Isru Chag. That's why the main Isru Chag is Shavuos. But then you have five days after Isru Chag. And there's a minag that some kilos have, not to say Tachnun during those five days, during those six days. What was the Rav Chaim Kanievsky's minig? Rav Chaim Kanievsky's minig is like the Shulchan Aruch that you say Tachnun the day after Shulchan So they asked Rav Chaim, Ma yase mi shenimtza Ma yase mi shenimtza b'mokam shenoigim leiloimar what about if you're saying Tachnun and you happen to be davening in a shtibo or in a shul where they don't? Especially the Mishnah Bura does bring And the Mishnah Bura brings it as a positive minag. So that was the question. Because in Eretz Yisrael, there are many places that don't say Tachnun. The answer is going to surprise you, what you're going to hear. It's a very prejudicial answer, but you'll see what I mean. On a Rabbeinu, he says, this that in Eretz Yisrael, there's a minute not to say Tachnun after Shavuos, he doesn't, he doesn't count that as a minute. Eino Choshev Minhag. Why did they, how did the minute develop? So Chaim says, "Atam shanoshim noigim kain ze biglal luach eretz yisrael, luach eretz yisrael, <laughs> luach eretz yisrael." That's not the Mishnah Bura. Who's luach eretz yisrael? Luach eretz yisrael is a luach that was developed by Rabbi Degain, Rabbi Chil Michal Tukajinsky. Rabbi Chil Michal Tukajinsky was a Yerushalmi, a tzaddik who put together a number of important svarim, Gesher Achayim, Anilchus Avelus, Ira Miktosh, Ira Kodesh Vamiktosh, Analochus of Yerushalayim, the Beis Amiktosh. His son was a big Talmud Chocham, Rab Nisan Tukuchinsky. He, uh, he had a big hit, his book, Luach Eretz Yisrael, and everybody had it. And it was like he was Koiveya, once he saw in the 30s or the 40s, I have a little copy of one. I can go get it later. I can show you. It's a tiny little safer. Luach Eretz Yisrael. It became a big hit that spread everywhere. Everybody would use it. And he felt, Reb Tukachinsky, as a Yerushalmi, that he had his uh, ear to the ground, his finger on the pulse of what was the minhagim of Eretz Yisrael that were developing. That's called Luach Eretz Yisrael. And in Luach Eretz Yisrael, he says, the minigan Eretz Yisrael is not the Seitachnum. But he says, This is Rav Chaim talking. He didn't do a fair job. He was 
he had it. Uh, he wanted to put in every possible kula of not saying tachnun. So he brought that down as the minag. Everybody read the book. He, the book was a bestseller, and that created its own reality. The, the book he says was not a halachic sefer like the Mishnabura. The Mishnabura was a is a was a reasoned halachic sefer that had the different opinions and brought it down, and there was the organic acceptance of what should be the halacha based on the scholarship and the Talmud HaChachamim. Whereas Luach Eretz Yisrael, despite the fact that it was written by a, a big Talmud Chacham, Rav Chaim felt that this was a safer that the author had fudged his, 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 his objectivity and put in every single possible reason not to say Tachnun. And people bought it and they said, oh, look what it says in the book. We don't say Tachnun. He says, Lo So he says, Ach, he says, Ach, he says, Lo So therefore, he doesn't feel it's a real minag. <laughs> Very strong. Ach, Omar But if you're in those places, oh, they're wrong. They should be saying Tachnun. But if you're with them, so what should you do? Say it, but you don't want to get into arguments with people. So say it, but don't show off that you're saying it. Don't be obvious that you're saying it. Okay? Um, that's, again, a sort of post, <laughs> post-Shua Salocha. Let's take a look at... Um, some other uh, questions from Chaim on Shuas. First, he says, he says, many people have a minag to stay up till dawn. <laughs> then they go to sleep for a couple of hours. So they should daven with more kavona. In other words, they do the tikkun, they stay up, they learn. And then they go to sleep for a couple of hours and davening is later. Um, Rav Chaim did not like that minute. The reason was, you'll see in a minute. He says, because they're already at dawn, the mitzvah of Kriyashma is coming. They should already stay up and say Kriyashma, despite if they're so tired, they can't keep their eyes open. It's one thing. But these are people who specifically go to sleep in order to wake up for the later minion. He says, that's not good. You're up anyway. You should have the minion or whatever it is, or if you're going to do it by yourself this year, you should stay up already, say Kriyashma at the at the time, uh, which is possibly the Vasikan time, but you shouldn't go to sleep. Um, now, <laughs> here's an interesting question, a Hashkofa question they asked from Chaim. We know the Gemara in Sanhedrin says that if a Goy studies Torah, Chayiv Misa. Why? Shenemar Torah Tziva Lanu Moshe Meirosha Kehilas Yaakov. So there's two opinions how that pasuk limits a guy. One is Meirosha. It's our inheritance, not a guy. A guy takes it; he's stealing from us. One of the Sheva Mitzvos is Gezel. For a guy, his mitzvah is. Is, is his mitzvah means the death sentence. 
So he steals from us. That's why he's in a sense chayiv misa. We don't kill him, but we, we it's wrong for him to be studying our Torah. What's another svara? That it says mu'urasa. Mu'urasa as if it said with a sin. Mu'urasa. We're married to the Torah with Eresin. What's the din of Eresin? So the Gemara says, it's like the Torah is, uh, is, is an engaged girl, right? She, we are Mu'uris to the Torah, like a Nara Amurasa, which is like, an enga- not an engaged, but a married girl who hasn't yet had Nesuin. So the Astra of Chaim, why does the Gemara call us like we're married to the Torah, like Eresin? Don't we need, shouldn't it be a higher level? Shouldn't our level to Torah be that of a Nesua? That it's, it's a complete, consummated marriage. That's what Torah should be. So, therefore, instead of saying that the Gemara shouldn't say he's Chayiv Skilo, it should say he's Chayiv Chenek, because our connection to Torah is like a married woman. It's like our wife. It's like a, a husband and wife team that if you, if you do adultery, after Nisuin, the din is chenek, not skila. So this was a, a cute question. So Chaim says, you have to work on it. In other words, you're right. You, you don't automatically have the level of being married to Torah. <laughs> it's, it takes time. It's like Arison is, but then you have a year to work on it. Then you have Nisuin and the marriage develops. We, we have the ability to be connected to Torah. And we are married to it, and we have to fulfill it. But we aren't yet familiar to the point that we're like a complete husband and wife to Torah yet. That you need to learn Torah and to work on it to become that. That's what Chazal are sort of telling us. Yes, they're telling us it's not the non-Jew, but you, even as a Jew, need to work on Torah to be kind of that madrega of Nesua. That's a little idea also from Rav Chaim about the Gemara. Um, They asked Rav Chaim another question that says in Pirkei Ovos, Moshe Kibo Torah Misinai. Why does it say it that way, they asked him. Lama Nemar Moshe Kibo Torah Mipi Hashem. What's Mipi Sinai? We say we got, Moshe got the Torah from Sinai. Say Moshe got the Torah from God. Sinai is just the place. So he, Rav Chaim gave a, a nice answer. He said, Moshe is still a human being. A human being can't be mischaber to God like a chaver. Meaning, it's, it, there's still a distance. Yes, Moshe rose to an incredible level on the when Shavuos, when he came and he comes back and he tells us the Torah later. But it's still Misenai. There's still a separation between Moshe and God. It's Moshe got the Torah. We don't want to say from God, although that's true. Therefore, we put the word Sinai in because you're not, even Moshe doesn't have the madrega of a chaver to God. He's not, you're not mischaber, Kodesh Baruch Hu kechaver. Okay. Um, the, um, another, another thing, um, 
They once asked him, we talk about Megil Asruas, they asked Rav Chaim, is it right to give the name Naomi? Because Naomi herself said, I'm not Naomi, my life is bitter. We know things worked out well for her. So, because Naomi says, don't call me Naomi. My, uh, you should, my, right? What does she say? You should call me, right? She says, don't call me Naomi. Let's look it up. Call me Mara. Call me Mara, right. Call me Mara. Thank you, Sheila. I'm bitter. So maybe that shows you shouldn't really, that name's not such a good name. So um, someone asked Rav Shach this question, but he says, he said, go ask this. He says, look, Rav Shach said, I'm not a bookie in what names you should give. Um, but I've never heard someone say, don't call a woman Naomi because Naomi herself didn't like her name. She says, I'll take Renali Naomi. Is that, he says, go ask the stipler. So obviously, uh, the stipler said, look, <laughs> we see many people who don't, who are called Naomi and Baruch Hashem, they live beautifully. Nothing bad happens to them. They don't lose their husbands. They don't lose their, their, their sons. So don't worry about being called Naomi, even though you're, you, you're, you're sort of being the to the original one. You don't have to worry about that. You don't have to say, look how terrible Naomi's life was. Um, they, remember I mentioned yesterday that the stipler told Rav Chaim to name his daughter Rus. So, but we know if Rus is her name, was, was that her, it says her name was Rus even before she becomes a Jew. That name was probably given by Eglon. Now, Eglon had a schus that he had a child named Rus. We talked about Eglon's covet, whatever Eglon's great-grandfather's covet, whatever it is, Eglon had some schus. But why should we choose the name that Eglon gave? You can ask this question on Moshe also. So he says, um, he says, is, is it true that God sort of worked through Eglon? <laughs> Basia was a tzadikus. Eglon was no tzadik. And yet now it turns out Jewish girls are called Rus because of this Eglon. So Rav Chaim gave an interesting answer. He says, I don't think her name was, I don't think Eglon called her Rus. Um, in fact, if you look, in, and he says, if you look in the Zohar, you'll see the Zohar says that wasn't her name originally. Her name originally was called Gilit. Gilit. That was her name, Gilit. And, and it was changed to Rus. So now they asked him, they asked him a follow-up. <laughs> um, should girls be called Gilit? <laughs> I don't know if that's a common name. You, Moshe, you can tell me if, if there are girls called Gilit in Eretz Yisrael or not. I don't know. They are, they are. Right. It's a common name. So they asked him, well, should we call girls Gilit? Um, that was Rus's name before she was, uh, she was a Gioris. Um, so Rav Chaim feels you shouldn't call, that's a Goyesha name. Gilit, is, it was Rus's name before she became a Jew. So you shouldn't use that name. You shouldn't call girls Gilit. Um, then they asked him another question. What about Elimelech? Maybe that's a bad name, Elimelech. <laughs> We've got a lot of Elimelech, right? The famous uh, Rav Elimelech of Lujinsk, right? <laughs> right? 
Elimelech is, is the, the Elimelech that we know about. What happened to him? He 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 right? He died. His children died. Maybe we shouldn't call people Elimelech either, based on the Elimelech that we know about in Rus. So um Rav Chaim said the Gemara says he was a god of Lador. Now he didn't have Eira. He left. He should have stayed. However, he got Kapara. That's not bad. <laughs> In other words, yes, he is Elimelech. He did something wrong. But his Misa was a Kapara, not just an Oynish. So even though bad things happened to him, he was a God of Lador. So that's all right. Uh, look, we give the name Nadav as well. <laughs> Even though Nodav Aviv Nodav also died, with him. So Elimelech is fine. What about Boaz? Well, Boaz. So he says that uh, <laughs> the Gemara says in Baba Basra that Boaz had sixty children died of his. That sixty of Boaz's children died. Wow, that's that's incredible. So, but again, Rav Chaim said, okay. You're right. He only he had sixty children that died, but then he had this one child that was born that was worth them all, and therefore, even though Nebuch he had a, a difficult life as far as that goes, the end tells the story. So therefore, Boaz is fine. Elimelech is fine. Rus was the name after the Gerus Gilit. No, Naomi, as the type already said, she might have thought it was a bad name, but. Obviously, many, many women have lived and thrived the name Naomi, so there's no problem with those names based on Chagashuas. Tomorrow we'll see a little bit more from Rav Chaim. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.